Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, the founder and lead strategist of Comet Fuel, Jared Spiewak. Jared, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so get high level. Um, you, again, Comet Fuel is found on the web at cometfuel.com. And what does Comet Fuel do? So in a very broad sense, Comet Fuel is a boutique marketing agency that helps exceptional businesses with Google Ads, PPC, as well as SEO. Boutique being that we work with only about two dozen clients at a time. It's a very small team, very small client base that we just spend a lot of time focusing on what we do. Yeah. So um, what do you see uh, is... is Google the same today as it was from a uh, you know from an advertising standpoint as it was three to five years ago, or have things changed much? Yeah, I mean, uh, Google isn't the same today as it was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> Google Google changes a at an exceptionally high rate. The only time I think they've publicly said anything was in 2018. They said that for their search algorithm, when it comes to advertising on Google, there's a bunch of different networks, but when it comes to Google search in and of itself, they made over. I think over 3,500 changes in one year, Oof. which is three or four changes per day. So quite literally, as we are talking, Google is changing. Now, most of the changes are quite small. Some of them are quite large. But yes, Google is uh, constantly changing. And when things change on the SEO front, which is when we're always talking about, oh, things are always changing, things are always changing, that also affects the ads front because it's assuming you're on Google search. So things are constantly changing. Yeah. Um, what what are some of the big changes that you've seen over the past couple of years that that maybe folks that aren't watching Google very closely, you know, just out running their companies? So <laughs> what what should we know? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of really interesting changes on the advertising front. Google has been making a big push towards their automated systems. Google has started uh, things that even Microsoft, uh, who controls Bing in their ad platform, has been kind of against, uh, outspokenly so, is they started hiding some data from the advertisers, it being search term data, where you can't see exactly what people click on anymore. Some of that's hidden up to 30% mm, of it. Yeah, Other right. things are uh, the match types. You have When you put in a keyword within Google Ads, you have different match types that you can use. Some of them have been restricted or have now been removed or combined into one, making it... Uh, simpler on one hand, but also giving less control on the other. Their interface has also started hiding certain options where when you go to create an ad, it now defaults to their uh, responsive search ad, which from every test most advertisers have run, it just doesn't perform nearly as good as text ads. And so Google has been pushing their automated systems a lot more. Uh, but on the other front, where I'm not a big fan of that, what I am a big fan of is Google's machine learning systems have gotten a lot better than they used to be. Uh, broad match keywords, anyone who's familiar with Google Ads, they used to be a complete crapshoot, not even worth running. Uh, nowadays, there are some campaigns where you can just run pure broad match and get some pretty decent results. So on the machine learning front, that has really uh, excelled. But the complication is that now the average advertiser also has to understand something very technical like machine learning and how that works. And those are, I would say, around those aspects are probably the most 
impactful changes, at least in my opinion of, of late. Yeah. If Jared are, when it comes to paid search and organic search, are they, are they siloed or is there a strategy to say, listen, ultimately what we want is, you know, organic rankings, organic traffic, and you can actually use paid in order to bump that. Is that possible? Can you, can you pay to play to, to improve your long-term viability for ranking content? So yes and no, and in, in a couple of ways, and it depends on how you approach it. So uh, the, the very direct way of saying, if I pay for ads, I will rank higher on Google. Well, yeah. Uh, no, most likely no. Some people, mm-hmm. depending, some people will say, you know, it's a factor and Google might, everything's a debate when it comes to SEO. In my opinion, that's not really going to move the needle 99.999% of the time. Ways that you can use it to your advantage are if you are, for your content marketing, which can help drive backlinks. This is something that can be a long-term strategy, which is if, for example, if I'm like, wow, this podcast that I just did was amazing. I want people to, uh, I, I'm going to take a 30 second clip of it, throw it on my YouTube channel, run ads against that clip, try to get people to uh, click onto it, which will then bring them to your site or one of the podcasting publishing sites. And they might see that they might decide to link to me or they might uh, link to you, which would help me because you're probably going to link to me on the page as like, Hey, here's all the information about Jared. And so that can help me. But also if I created a, uh, a useful spreadsheet that could help uh, a particular industry or anybody in the marketing field. And I run ads against that on YouTube display, whatever it may be, not only am I going to get qualified traffic and people filling that out, joining my email list, et cetera, but I'm also going to be able to get people to, uh, link to me. Some of those people will own websites. It's going to bring me more uh, exposure to that uh, piece of content. Now, what I can also do is what I typically tell people, especially if they have a new business or a new offer, is you know SEO is this um, sexy bandwagon marketing channel. Everybody wants it. From day one, everybody wants to rank number one. But the issue is, what is not great is when you invest thousands of dollars a month, whether internally with your own team or through hiring it out to somebody else, you invest all this money and six to 12 months go by and all of a sudden you're not getting conversions or uh, you're not retaining people as much as you thought or whatever it may be. And so what the ads allow you to do is pre-test everything with SEO as well. Uh, What should, is our, once we actually get traffic to this page, will it actually convert? At what percent? And then I can backtest this and go, okay, well, if I get this much search traffic, this is how it's going to perform. So you can also use it for essentially backtesting how your SEO will perform so that you don't spend all that time and money actually ranking, generating traffic, and then nothing happening on the back end because the traffic just isn't converting. Now, um, when somebody, um, let's say somebody is um, not maybe yet at the level where they want to uh, have someone manage their ads. Um, is it easy? Is it easy to run tests or is it, is it more complicated? Like if, for example, um, if we compare like say advertising on Facebook versus Google is, is there any inherent difficult, you know, more difficulty one platform, the other from your experience? I think each platform has its own aspects that are really easy to grasp, others that are much more difficult. Uh, I think when when it comes to Google particularly out of the other main marketing channels, which would be probably at this point Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Amazon if you're doing e-commerce, is Google is the most well-established. Their ad platform has been around for just over 20 years now. 
and they're, they have an incredible amount of help documentation, which is very straightforward and easy to understand. They have an ads academy that if you really want to dive deep, you can get certified with you know Google Ads, the actual value of the certification up in the air. But you do go through training. That'll help you for sure. And there's also a million and one YouTube videos for anything and everything you want to understand. So if you're brand new, you've never touched Google Ads, you've never touched advertising in general, you sign up, you're probably going to be pretty confused. However, mm-hmm. it's easy in the sense that there are plentiful resources that if you want to take the time and you're looking at a certain column, you're like, what does this thing mean? Uh, Google has a help documentation that'll usually tell you how is this data recorded? What can you do with it? And if you're still confused, you can usually pop over to YouTube and find about a dozen different channels explaining it in a bunch of different ways that one of those ways may resonate with you. So it's easy in the sense that if you uh, are looking to figure out how to do it, um, you can usually get by pretty well. However, if if you're just going to sign up going completely blind and just hope for the best, uh, there's a good chance you're going to waste a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, in terms of your agency, can you can you kind of give us a little history, like your background? Uh, I also see that um, maybe you had a, did you go through a rebranding or renaming or you closed another agency, you had two agencies? Give, give me this, your, your kind of your origin story, like how you became who you are today. Yeah. So I got started with marketing when I was 14. Uh, despite being a CD student in high school, I decided I was going to graduate early. So I started college at 15, graduated high school at 16. I went to school for my marketing degree. When I was 17, I got a corporate marketing job working in the real estate industry. Uh, pretty quickly, I learned that the corporate world wasn't for me in that company. I just didn't have a a, uh, a whole bit, lot of a bright future there. So I ended up signing up for a site called Upwork.com, which was much less oh, yeah. at the time. I started <laughs> what was, working. Yeah, what was that like? <laughs> um, honestly, it was a lot easier. It was a, there, there weren't a whole lot of people who were, uh, you know, from the U S that were signed up for the site at the time. They had just gone through the merger of Elance and Odesk. So it was uh, honestly, you know, relatively low competition, but also I started working for $5 an hour when I started on there. So, yeah. uh, so I started gaining a whole lot of experience through that. And eventually I got a full-time job offer from a marketing agency. So I started working for them. I did just SEO, uh, for, that agency for about two years. And then eventually I'd start freelancing more and more. It was pretty successful as a freelancer. And I was like, Hey, I have all these clients. What's next for me. I think I'll just start my own agency. So I started mm-hmm. a blue dog media, uh, February of 2018 was when that was officially incorporated. And then since, uh, 2019, I knew that we were going to make some pretty big changes because everything was kind of started just like off the, off of a whim. And so from 2019 through uh, 2021, early 2021, we've been working on rebranding to Comet Fuel. And then 2020 is where we really put in the effort to rebrand it. And we officially launched Comet Fuel publicly a couple of weeks ago, but have been operating under the name since about February this year. Yeah. Um, so Jared, uh, like who do you typically work with and, and, you know, had they been experimenting with ads before? I'm, you know, give me some great case studies of, of folks that you've worked with. Yeah, sure. So, in terms of who we work with, I started as a niche company, and then I was like, ah, you, for various reasons, that will take a quite a while to explain. We started broadening out a little bit more, and the niche has kind of changed to uh, types of businesses to types of people. And so it's more so who's the type of person that I'm working with? You know, are they, do I think that they're a good person? Do I think that, uh, in my opinion, does their business deserve to grow and thrive? So for example, we were talking to someone who made incredibly rude comments about some of their employees. Oof. So we're like, hey, no, that's not something that we support. We're not, we don't feel. So uh, it, it's harder to explain in terms of who we work with there, but primarily uh, e-commerce service-based businesses and 
in SaaS, which is a pretty broad scope, but it's more so for us, the type of person we're working with and do we believe in their business to, to work with them? Because we are we come in essentially as um, a partner much more than a vendor. So with that being said, uh, in terms of some uh, case studies, uh, one that uh, I'm personally a, a really big fan of, while it wasn't our largest client or necessarily the highest ROI we've ever gone, it was a kind of the uh, beginning of the what I call our picture strategy, which is we had a client who uh, they charge several hundred dollars per hour for the work that they do. And it's not anything that's covered by insurance. And so they had to work with a very particular type of person who could afford uh, over the course of a couple months spending thousands of dollars out of their pocket. And it's B2C, it's not B2B. So through uh, the issue for them was on the SEO front, uh, the keywords don't really indicate the income level somebody has. On the Google Ads front, the way that the income targeting works isn't really doesn't really work how you'd expect it to work. So what mm-hmm. we did was we went to the U.S. Census data, which is all public information, <laughs> downloaded that, uploaded it to Google BigQuery, uh, which is essentially a cloud-based database My because gosh. too many cells to use for Excel. Uh, then we filtered it from there to bring it back to Google Sheets, where it could actually handle the data. And then we created four different income brackets based off of um, percentage of population, so that one bracket wasn't too small. And then we tailored our cost per clicks based off of that being like, okay, this person's very likely to be able to afford this without a question. We're willing to pay A for that click. This person's pretty likely to be able to afford it, but they're still going to ask around a little bit. We're willing to pay 80% of that. Uh, This person uh, maybe will be willing to pay 50% of that. And then this income bracket, it's very unlikely that they'll be able to afford this. So we don't want to run our ads here. So we're able to very uh, target very tailored areas based off of who is likely to convert. And we started this ad campaign, I think within 72 hours, they started getting uh, qualified leads. In comparison to, we actually worked with a friend of theirs who was technically a competitor before we kind of uh, had this system or strategy developed. So we had a direct comparison of before and after using the strategy. And for them, it took a couple of months to hone in their campaign just through more traditional optimization, where for these guys, like I said, within like 72 hours, they were like, hey, this is this is working pretty well. So that's uh, that's one that's one of my uh, favorite, mostly because it was the first time that I went, okay, great. We spent all this time developing our yeah. process and our system and it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, well, um, in terms of like who a great client is for you today, like what would be some examples? Yeah. So uh, we have uh, some of our clients are uh, on the innovation side of things where they're creating something that hasn't existed beforehand. It's going to help a market or a market segment or a type of person. And we're just really big believers in uh, what it is that we're doing and what it is that they're doing. And we're trying to uh, help them. But uh, beyond that, we're also looking for a certain level of business and marketing acumen, which is that mm-hmm. uh, I'm yeah. a serial entrepreneur. I own my agency. I have an investment company. I invest in real estate. I invest in the market. And because of that, I take a very uh, finance and investment related approach to all the marketing campaigns that we look at. And uh, we need to essentially look at the big picture. And so 
uh, when we're talking with something that doesn't look at it like that, or doesn't look at, uh, let's also consider how your sales team is going to interact with this type of person, how that can lead to this kind of close rate. And so actually we need to advertise against this market segment, which converts at a lower percent because it's going to mean more to you in the long term. If we can't have conversations like that, then it's really difficult for us to do what we need to do. So we're usually looking for a certain level of business and marketing acumen that we can kind yeah. of uh, feel out during a discovery call. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like size of company or sales or anything yeah. like that, like what's so, that sweet spot? Usually if it's a, if it's an existing company, they're usually doing around a million a year, if not more, uh, yeah. depending on the margin, sometimes we'll work with companies that are smaller because they're just really high margin companies. Uh, when it comes to newer companies, we're usually not working with them unless they have substantial previous business experience because there's, uh, uh, well, anyone who's been experiencing business knows that there are certain things you only learn through failing over time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to us, there's just, to, we know that that's probably not going to be the longest lasting relationship, or there's going to be issues that come up that just aren't dealt with because you just don't have the experience for it. And so usually if it's a newer business, they have other successful businesses, and this is just a new venture uh, so that uh, you know we're not looking to cost somebody money because, oh, oh I didn't know that or whatever it may be. Yeah. You have a book um, and it looks like you give it away for free. Um, Navigate the ad steroid uh, belt. Uh, Can you, do you know, like it's obviously it's talking about, you know, again, making sure that you've got positive ROI, that you're turning your ads campaign into, you know, a very cash generating uh, campaign. What are the basic tenants uh, included in the book? Yeah, and, so, and again, someone can get this. You go to cometfuel.com and you'll see it listed right there. Yeah, so if you go to cometfuel.com slash TTE, that'll automatically oh, uh, well, very you. Thank you. Or at least thank in, you. you know, right after you record it will. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> The the way that it works is uh, instead of a book, it's actually a suite of tools with the first one being released so far. And there are tools that we use internally to help plan, uh, scope out, and understand yeah. uh, the campaigns as well as how to make them more profitable. So to give you, uh, they're also, they're fairly number and data heavy, but like yeah. the you'll see, there's like a 40 minute video that I recorded walking through because it, it is a bit intense to be honest. However, some of the ways that really helps is uh, we were working with somebody and they are like, man, uh, we're running an ad campaign and it's just not profitable. We want you to come in. We want you to make sure that our ad campaign is profitable. Makes sense. Well, we ran through this one sheet and, it, and we looked at all their numbers and we said, well, quite simply, based on the competition that you're faced with, you're a small fish in a big pond. Uh, you have really good average order value for an e-commerce store. However, even if we were to reduce your cost per click by 80% and increase your conversion rate by three times what it is now, you would still be losing money per sale. So it made it very clear to these guys that the way that their market was expecting them to run ads was based off of lifetime value. So we were able to come to them saying, hey, if you don't make at least two to three sales on average mm-hmm. per customer, then uh, that this isn't going to work. Now, the business side of me also comes out in which we look at, okay, great. If we're going to run this campaign with the understanding of lifetime value, we need to start having conversations about your cash flow and your burn rate because a profitable marketing campaign when based off of LTV can put you out of business. If you're, uh, you're spending $10,000 today to make $3,000 and you're going to make that extra you know, $20,000 over the course of six months, well, you need to have the cash to be able to continue to operate your business while you're burning cash for you know six, seven months before you actually hit that profitability. So then we can have conversations like that. And that's why... Uh, documents like this are just so important so we can actually see, oh, well, if you pay more than $1.30 per click and you don't have at least a 2.5% mm. conversion rate, yeah, money. 
Yeah, I like this. I mean, it's it's all about predictability. <laughs> um, and it's, it's nice that you can get so geeky on the data here. And again, so your website uh, is cometfuel.com. And uh, when someone goes there, uh, what would you recommend? Obviously, there was the the link that you shared, cometfuel.com slash TTE. Uh, how else could people get value from the website or maybe something on social you'd highly recommend that you've created? Yeah. So uh, what I would recommend is check out where it says learn. That'll bring you to uh, some content that we created. And if you wanted to see stuff in video format, if you just go to YouTube, type in Jared Spivak, you'll find my channel, which I've been trying to push out more content recently. (laughs) Uh, But a lot of it does come down to uh, marketing business with a finance and uh, usually a fairly straightforward and uh, I would say intermediate to higher level understanding of things. Love it. All right, Jared Spiewak. Again, the website, cometfuel.com. Jared, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're gonna promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.